Uh, I'm taking the devotions today. Uh, Ron Thomas shared yesterday and finished up a section in 2 Corinthians uh, from uh, Jeff Walsh uh, talking about his relationship uh, with the Corinthian church. Uh, today we're going to pick up the uh, a section where he talks about their relationship with each other, uh, looking in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5. Uh, but as we begin, let's just open up with a word of prayer. Let's pray together. Uh, Father, I just thank you uh, for the ability we have to come together through technology, uh, even as we are separated because of the virus that's going on and a desire to, to protect ourselves and to protect others around us. I pray that you would be with each of our uh, brothers and sisters in Christ around the world and specifically within our uh, fellowship at Doolin's Grove. I pray your blessing on them, that you would just be with them in a powerful way, keep them safe, provide for them uh, where they are right now. And Lord, we just lift them up to you. Pray now that you would take this time that we have right now and in, in looking in your word, uh, that you would use me as an instrument of your grace to share the truth of that word and that we might through this uh, have a better and clearer understanding of how we care and love one another uh, and uh, hold each other accountable as well as show love. Bless us now in this time we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11, and uh, I'm going to start out in, in reading this. Um, now, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused pain not to me, but in some measure not to put too severely to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough, so you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. For this is why I wrote that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not arrogant of his design. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word. To kind of summarize this, uh, the reality is everyone needs for it needs to be loved. They need to feel that love, and especially when they failed or they've made a mistake, uh, they really need to hear uh, that they're loved uh, by us and specifically by God. But God loves us while we're still sinners, Scripture says, and none of us deserve that love in our lives. We need to practice this element of restoration because there may be times that that we will need that. Uh, comfort and love in difficult times. Uh, one of the, a, a touching story that I heard that kind of illustrates this, uh, Natalie Gilbert uh, was a 13-year-old girl, eighth grader, who had won the chance to win the, to sing the national anthem uh, at a basketball game, uh, NBA basketball game. And even though she had been sick all day long and running a fever, uh, she still wanted to try and, and go do this. So she went. And as they began the national anthem, she got a couple of lines in and her mind went blank. She totally forgot the words. As she stood there in total embarrassment and, and just fear, uh, standing there with everyone totally silent, after a few minutes, Maurice Cheeks, who was the head coach of the Trailblazers, walked out and walked up beside her and began to help her sing the song, sing the, song, sing the national anthem. Pretty soon, the entire stadium was singing right alongside of her and his comfort uh, helped her to finish that. Now, I can't imagine uh, for her if she'd have stood there uh, and 
waited until the, they finished the music of that song and no one had come along beside her. And for so many times when people face difficulty and they, they faced a failure or they faced sin and been uh, confronted about that, uh, that's what they feel. They feel isolated and alone. Uh, but because of people's willingness to be led by the Spirit, they can come alongside and show them that love. The reality is everyone messes up. Uh, all believers do. And if you don't, then you just did because Scripture tells us we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We don't have a good record of, of coming alongside one another, unfortunately. Matter of fact, someone said at one point, the Christian army is the only army that shoots its wounded uh, in, in not coming alongside and helping and those that are hurt and wounded. That's not a good reputation for us to have. The reality is we need to, to be those that show love uh, to come alongside and minister to them. Um, so as we look at this, the reality of us facing this is we need to, to finish strong in helping those around us. Second Corinthians here speaks very strongly about our need to come alongside those in a very specific way. Well, just as we come to this, uh, something that, that I had read uh, as we study scripture, uh, we should always ask three questions. One, what do the words mean to the people addressed at the time they were written? Two, what are the principles revealed in this passage that apply to all Christians everywhere in a general sense? And we'll be looking at those two today. And finally, how do these words and biblical principles apply to me? Uh, and, and I leave you that challenge as we finish this. Are there some individuals that you may know of that need to come alongside? And, and that's a question you can only answer for yourself. So as we look at this, uh, I want to look at what the issues here that we're facing. First, the reality for the, the church in Corinth is that someone had sinned and had been confronted by the group. Um, we read in 1 Corinthians and uh, uh, chapter 5 that there was someone who was guilty of sexual immorality. And, and Paul comes down pretty hard on this and the fact that the church had ignored it and allowed it to continue. Um, and some people speculate that that's who he's talking about here. Uh, I don't know there's any strong evidence to that, um, but uh, it, it's a possibility. We also see that uh, he had, Paul had someone in the church who had come against him publicly uh, and questioned his apostleship and questioned his teaching, and uh, he had rebuked him. And uh, some people think that this may be the person there. Uh, reality is we don't really know for sure exactly what the sin was that had happened here. Uh, we just know that at some point, uh, the person had been confronted and had repented and before the church. And that's the process that has taken, that has taken place here. Now, based on what Jesus had taught in Matthew chapter 18, he gives three definite steps of uh, how to confront and to bring discipline to someone. The first step is uh, the person who was offended or the person who was aware of, of the sin is to go to the person privately and uh, talk to them about that in love. Uh, I think one of the key things that, that I gained from this is the reality that they're going to that individual based in love and care for the person. Their desire in going is to show them and to, to help them make a change. Um, most of the time, uh, what I found in, in my role as a pastor is when someone does this and they do it prayerfully, uh, hopefully even having other people pray for them as they go, that's the only step that has to happen because when they go to that person in love, they typically will respond in that. 
But Jesus does give the second step. If that person refuses to acknowledge that, um, then they will um, take someone else with them. And the two of them will go and, and confront this uh, um, person in, in a loving manner about the sin that they are involved in in their lives. And then the scripture says if they don't, still don't respond to that, then to bring them before the church publicly. And uh, if they don't respond there, it says to put them out and to act to them as a publican or a tax gatherer. In other words, act like they're, they're not a believer. Now, again, the, the purpose of all this is for the individual. The desire is for them to repent and to bring restoration. And, and the reality is that we care about them enough that we go through this very difficult process to try to bring them back into the family of God, bring them back into a proper relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, again, that's that's a hard thing to do, but that's what Scripture calls us uh, to follow. Um, we may question the fact, uh, do, do we do this today? Uh, Pastor Matt went through the series on... Um, what it is to be a member of the church. And he talked about this in, in some ways, uh, that, that we have a responsibility to one another. Church discipline uh, is done today. It may not be done uh, exactly as scripture here says, and sometimes it's done more in, in judgment of the individual or to protect the church than it is in the proper mode of loving that individual. But uh, it is practice, and we need to be careful that we're doing it from Jesus's perspective, from Matthew chapter 18, uh, because that's that's not in care for the church. He'll take God to take care of the church. Uh, our desire is to minister to one another. So this is what has happened in the church in Corinth. They have they have brought this individual uh, to a point of repentance. We don't uh, know exactly who went to them, or if two of them went to them, or however. But at some point, it was brought to a public. Uh, statement and the person responded to that. So the second result is the, the, per the guilty person was sorrowful and repented of his sins. Uh, verse 7 says, you ought to forgive and comfort them so that he may now be not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Uh, there's a, a direct correlation that we have between this sorrow and repentance. Now, reality is we wear the word, I'm sorry, out. We're sorry you know, I'm sorry you ran out of peanuts, or I'm, I'm sorry that I bumped into you. Uh, I'm sorry that I lied. I, I'm sorry that I hurt you. Um, sorry takes a whole whole realm of things. If you go back to the original, it's uh, the actual term there is I'm experiencing sorrow because of my action. And what Paul is talking about here in Corinth is this person experienced sorrow. They realized what they had done, and they felt sorrow for that. Now, the natural correlation of that sorrow is then comes repentance. It's not enough uh, to just be sorry. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes the, the result is, I'm sorry I got caught. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, this became public. I'm sorry I was found out. That's not repentance, and that's not what's happened here. Uh, here we see the individual has become sorrowful. Uh, they have changed their way, and, and Paul is calling for them at this point, um, that they need to respond to that. Uh, the biblical teaching is that we need to repent. Now, repentance uh, is beyond just being sorrowful for the action that you've taken. Repentance is actually a turning away, a changing of direction. And um, 
we're called to that. We're called to that in our in our lives initially as we come to know Jesus Christ, that uh, we ask forgiveness of our sins, we repent from our sins, we change our ways to follow Christ. And uh, that's, that's the goal here. Um, so we see then that the person initially, they have confronted the individual, uh, then the person has repented uh, of that. And then the third goal here is to seek restoration uh, for those who've repented. Uh, the paragraph there in verse seven says, now is the time to forgive this man and help him back on his feet. Um, this is from the message and let me read it again. Now is the time to forgive this man and help him back on his feet. If you do, uh, if all you do is pour out the guilt, you could very well drown in him. My counsel now is to pour out the love. Uh, when a brother or sister has sinned uh, and then are sorrowful and repentant of that, uh, the sorrow is can be overwhelming. And the reality is if we'll come to them in a caring, loving manner um, to restore them, uh, it means the world uh, in, in their relationship uh, with, with uh, the church and, and with us as individuals. Sadly, it seems that churches tend to practice more rejection than they practice restoration. If someone is caught in sin, it's almost a taboo uh, to even be around them or uh, to run away from them. Uh, the reality is we need to run towards them. Uh, I, I remember uh, when my children were learning to walk, uh, one of the hardest things in the world was to see them fall down and not run over and pick them up and, and, and hug them. Uh, and, you know, there were times that uh, I certainly did that. And there were other times they had to, to get up and, and I would just have to encourage them, especially when they started playing sports or something. Dad running out on the field to pick them up wasn't the, uh, a good thing to do. But in the body of Christ, if someone uh, goes through this process of, uh, being sorrowful and repenting. Uh, it is important for us to be willing and ready to come alongside them and to help them. Um, and we need to strive very carefully not to be tempted uh, to fall into, into the trap of, of making a judgment against them. Uh, remember the, the adage, as we look at those people that are facing difficulty, there but by God's grace, I could go. I could be right there with them. And probably for most of us, we've had times where we have... Uh, found ourselves in a situation of sin and had to repent. Um, so, you know, we should have an empathy and a, and a concern for those individuals in that. Um, so then the, the desire and the third element is to restore them. Now, what exactly does restoration mean? It is that we forgive them because we've been forgiven. Uh, who are we to stand on the principle that they don't deserve forgiveness? Uh, the reality, we all stand before God and, and by his grace have received forgiveness. Paul uses the term forgive here. And as we go back, as Jesus taught his disciples, we're called to forgive multiple times. It was Peter who, who said, am I supposed to forgive him seven times? And Jesus says, no, seven times 70, uh, an, an infinite number of times that our forgiveness should be apparent for that. We're commanded to do that. Uh, we're commanded to forgive each other. Um, the idea that that person may not uh, deserve forgiveness, uh, really none of us do. Uh, the reality is we stand before God. Forgiveness is his grace extended to us. And uh, we need to be willing to forgive others in a very specific way. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and tenderhearted towards one another, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Uh, that's a powerful, powerful statement that we're called to do uh, in that. Um, so continue on here, the, the second element in what restoration means is that we're to love them because we've been loved. Uh, 
I talked about in a sermon not long ago about this concept of God's love and what it means for us to love others because God has shown us how to love. And as we love individuals, uh, what sin they may have committed or what they've been facing in their life might not be might not be pretty. It might be difficult. It might be ugly, but we're able to love them not based in in uh, their uh, beauty, uh, whether it be in their behavior or or what's been happening. But we're loving because God taught us to love them. Period. Love them even in spite of what they may have faced. Um, this. Uh, this, this restoration is something that we're called to. In Galatians chapter 6, 2, uh, that restoration involves a carrying someone's burdens, helping them through difficult situations. Um, we're told that the, what, what's the greatest commandment that, that we see that Jesus was asked? He said, to love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and to love your brother as yourself. So this call to, to loving is a very real thing. Thirdly, uh, the, what restoration is the impact. Uh, restoration disrupts Satan's plan. If you look in verse 11 in this passage, we just read uh, that last phrase, so that we might not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his design. Uh, I believe uh, Satan gets great uh, comfort in uh, when the church is in turmoil, uh, when we're backstabbing and when we're harming one another. And when we act in the way that Jesus Christ intended us to care for one another, when we go to someone who has found themselves in a situation caught in sin and we're willing to confront them in a loving, caring manner uh, and we bring restoration, whether it's been one or whether we're two going or even when the body comes together, when that restoration comes, it really uh, it, it, it destroys Satan's desire uh, in a very real sense. And uh, that that should always be a goal of ours is not to allow Satan to enter into our relationships in any way, shape or form. So as we look at this, you know, we realize uh, that as Paul is talking to the church there in Corinth, you know, he's talked about his relationship with them, his coming to them. And now he's talking about their relationship and, and a desire that that they would come together in a very caring, loving way, caring for one another in, in a very real sense. So as we look at that for ourselves, we realize it's necessary for us to always seek um, to watch out for one another, to, to, to love each other. Uh, when we find uh, a brother or sister stumbling or we find a brother or sister being tempted and led in a direction to, to respond to that. I know in my ministry, I've always uh, tried to have an accountability partner. Uh, and many times that person is someone that, that I can share struggles that I'm having or uh, be able to have prayer needs for them. And they have permission to ask me the tough questions in my life. You know, as I share temptations or I share weaknesses that I'm facing or difficulties, uh, they can call and uh, say, Steve, how's that going? Steve, uh, did you have your devotions today? Have you had your prayer time? You know, and we need to have that in the body of Christ. We need to have those close friends that are, are willing to, to confront that with us and to uh, hold us close. So I encourage us uh, to show that love to one another.